Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I am your host, Bill Montoya, and I am joined live by Raf, one of our good buddies of the of the show. Uh, and I do want to thank any of you tuning in on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook as we do these live videos. Love to have some comments on there. Raf, glad to have you back on. It's been a while. You excited yeah, to no. be back on? <laughs> no, I, I am. I like this. I love your uh, your outfit there. You got your your lightning, and then you got your Niners in the background there. I'm yeah, still well, working on mine. They're on so. a bye week. <laughs> yeah, bye week's a good thing, um, especially if you're a Raiders fan. That's the only time we don't lose. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll just jump right into it. Uh, got a lot to talk about. With I wanted to start just at with the World Series because it's it's coming to a conclusion probably in the next couple of days here. Um, the Astros have taken the the three to two lead and really don't like that. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about the Astros, but being an A's fan and obviously they're a division rival for us, I'm I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, what did you have you been watching the World Series at all? Um, not not too much. Um, I was looking at my Facebook feed for memories. Um, I 2017 at the time. Yeah. I don't like the Dodgers because I'm also a Rockies fan. Yeah. Um, so I was happy that they won, that the Astros won at the time. But then, you know, all that stuff that came to light, that was a little weird. And then. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird to me that no one is really mentioning that in like on the broadcast or anything. No one's talking about 2017 or anything that happened back then. Um very well, interesting to me. <laughs> I mean, they they don't like to talk about anything like that, like the Aaron Judge home run thing, where they're like, "Oh, American League home run record." Yep. But you know, then there's already a bunch of home run records, but you know, those are all marked National League like, and uh, asterisked. Yeah. Yeah, like a bunch of scandal and stuff. So they they have to put a spin on it. Yep. Yeah, Keep and that's positive. <laughs> like I said, the seeing it happen for the the Astros, I think it's kind of validating for them by saying, you know, okay, we won this one without cheating, essentially, because everyone except Major League Baseball has put an asterisk on that uh, World Series win back in 2017 because of the the trash can scenario and all that. Uh, regardless of baseball wanting to talk about it or not i understand there's some gambling implications there if they acknowledge there was openly cheating then uh, a lot of people that lost bets betting on the dodgers might have something to say about that um so i i understand the implications there but it, i still hate that they don't even mention it but the only silver lining to the astros winning a world series would be dusty baker i've always liked dusty baker and and seeing him win would would be the only silver lining for me if the Astros were to win this. But on the other side, I mean, Philly fans are kind of, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, other than maybe insufferable. Um, is that your impression of the Philly fans? Um, Yeah, that, like, they're, they're kind of up there with Alabama and Ohio State fans. It's like, tough because they're hard to don't... be around. Yeah, you don't want to fault them for, you know, being very passionate about their team, but they tend to take it over the top for sure. So um, not that I really want to see the Phillies win, but I, I really don't want to see Houston win. So I believe 
there was like 44 states pulling for Philly versus the Astros. <laughs> so yeah, that's I mean, a pretty, pretty wide margin yeah. there. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I would want Philly to win. I just feel bad for the city of Philadelphia and all the repairs they'll have <laughs> to make afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I love how they had to grease the the light poles and stuff so people wouldn't climb on them because that's how crazy those fans are. But moving on, we'll we'll get off of baseball because I know that's not everyone's favorite topic, although it is my favorite topic. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the, the trade deadline. And I want to highlight one, and, and I think it's going to make a huge difference for your team, and that's uh, Christian McCaffrey. What do you, what did you think about that trade for your 49ers? Um, like glass half empty side, um, injury prone and a lot of picks, but it, it seems like these days, every running back is injury prone. Like they're not lasting, like seeing like somebody with longevity of Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like Todd Gurley, I think he made an announcement and he was just done. He hadn't even been in that long. Yeah, I I think he did like six years or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, I guess you got to use them while you can because they just they don't last. So, yeah, and you mentioned the picks. They so Carolina sent you guys Christian McCaffrey. You guys sent them uh, twenty. So. a second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, all in 2023, and then a 2024 f- fifth round pick. So that's quite the haul for a, a running back when, you know, they seem to be falling out of trees in, in college. And like you said, they don't last very long. And Christian McCaffrey has been one that has had, a, you know, an injury ravaged career. Uh, but when he's on the football field and we saw what he did against, who who did you guys play where he had the hat trick for touchdowns? <laughs> The Rams. Yeah, the Rams. So, so he, he had a, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. And that shows how electric that guy is when he's on the football field. So I think you'll probably see – I don't know. I feel like they probably used him more than they were expecting to, but it, I also understand like it's tough to take that guy off the football field. So I think they'll probably dial it back just a little bit in the upcoming games and kind of put him on a pitch pitch count essentially – where he's maybe well, seeing like 20 snaps or something, but I don't know. Yeah, do I mean, about that? we're well, we have the bye week coming up and we're supposed to get Elijah Mitchell back. Yep. So, and he was our starter at the beginning. So with both of them, you know, they, hopefully they won't get abused. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, like in Carolina, I feel like he was like the only weapon. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of why he was getting hurt because they know it was going to go to him. That's who they got to stop with. Yeah. You know, Debo coming back and we also have use check and Ayuk is a lot better this year. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people for defenses to focus on. And I, I feel like that could help McCaffrey stay off the injury list. Yeah. I mean, in, Carolina, he was probably touching the ball on 50% of the offensive snaps. So that's not a good thing when you're you're injury prone. I mean, I feel like, and I mean, they had him lining up at slot receiver. They had him lining up all over the field. And I mean, when you you could just see 
the splits when he was on the field versus off the field with Carolina. And I mean, they were successful when he was in games and they were not when he was not. So I think you guys have to strike that balance of, of keeping him healthy for a stretch run, because quite honestly, that NFC West division looks very winnable for you guys at this point. Even what are you guys four and four right now? Yeah, we're, we're four and four second. It's, the 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 records right now are very surprising to me. Yes, um, but that's I don't know. I don't but, know if anyone saw, and I don't even think Seattle fans saw the Geno Smith led Seahawks being at the top of this division through nine weeks. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. Um, do you think well, the Rams I mean, are done? Um, possibly like, I, I don't see them getting themselves together. It, it doesn't look like it's happening, you know, and they're like acres is possibly going to get dumped and cause he hasn't been doing anything. And I don't know, cup injury. I, I think he's was a full participant the last practice. I didn't see if he was or not. Last I heard, he might have a high ankle sprain, which typically you miss multiple weeks. But if he's practicing, if he practiced today, then that probably puts him in at least a questionable state. He was was a full participant on Friday. Okay. Okay. So So he's probably gearing up to play in that game, but. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to me. I mean, at the start of the season, you heard that Stafford was nursing a, an elbow injury. So I think there was some foreboding news there. Uh, Akers has not been on the same page with the play calling and all that. So he held out the last two weeks, essentially, uh, while they were trying to sort out a trade for him. But outside of Christian McCaffrey, I don't think any running back was fetching what teams wanted to get for them. So I think that's why you saw him rejoin the team this week and and looks like he may play. Um, But I don't know if him holding out has moved him down the depth chart. I mean, he wasn't getting a ton of touches anyway. But then the defense has been okay, but I feel like the offense has been so bad that defense has been out on the field a lot more than they're accustomed to. So I don't know. They they have been playing from behind a lot, you know, and that always hurts running back. So for sure. Well, and Allen Robinson, I thought he was going to just excel in that system, and he's been largely missing in in every game. So I don't know if that's just chemistry with Stafford that that hasn't come through, but, I mean, we saw OBJ last year get added right around the trade deadline, and and he took off under Stafford. So I don't know if it's the injury that's holding him back, if it's, you know, not getting much production out of the running backs. I don't know what it is with that team, but they do not look good. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think like I also think his uh his protection I feel like hasn't been that great yeah that's they're all. missing Whitworth for sure that's that's right yeah he retired and I don't think they had a suitable replacement for him so plus I mean they trade away all their draft picks for <laughs> uh, yeah, high um... impact veterans that leave the next year so it's it's tough to sustain that. And I mean, I don't want to say this is the downfall of the Rams because I feel like they have the talent on defense and then 
they should have the talent on offense based on what we saw last year. So, I mean, it could just be the flip of the switch and, and they start to take off, but I don't see that happening. And I feel like as you guys continue to get healthier, you're probably going to be the team to beat in that division. Yeah, and then as far as division goes, like, I mean, it's not the first tiebreaker, but we are 3-0 and with the division. You know, head-to-head yep. record matters the most, but it, it'll definitely help us in the stretch because, you know, we'll have to play the Cardinals and they haven't been that spectacular. And with the new, what is Call of Duty game out or Modern Warfare, yep. whatever one he likes, <laughs> maybe that'll help us too. He's he's 0-1 since the new Modern Warfare came out, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a curious situation. But I think you guys are probably, like I said, set up the best as long as you can stay healthy to to win that division. And I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. Um, I think he's under contract just for the rest of this season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and who knows what will happen at the end and the Trey Lance recovery and... Yeah. Then... You know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers aren't doing that good in their homes right now. And they both got things for the 49ers. It it might there's gonna be a lot of rumors at the end of the year. But. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. But anyway, we'll we'll go back to the trade deadline. Um, yeah. Buffalo, they made a move to get some safety help after they lost Micah Hyde for the season. They got Dean Marlowe from the Falcons for a seventh round pick. And then they also traded for Naheem Himes from Indianapolis, and they traded Zach Moss and a conditional fifth in in the compensation for Naheem Himes. What do you think about I, – I think, like I said, the safety, Dean Marlowe, he's probably just depth for, for the most part. But what do you think about the Himes move? Um, well, you know, like Himes, he had some good years, you know, then injury with – every other running back like Mac for the Colts too. He did good and then he got injured. And, but if, if Heinz Heinz has the, he's, he's good if he's on the field and they give him like, if they believe in him, then, you know, then he plays like that. So, well, and with Buffalo, I mean, they have two guys that they're leaning on right now. Uh, Zach Moss that they shipped to Indianapolis, he had fallen out of favor. So I think they were just trying to get rid of him and then being able to pick up Hines. If even if he's just one of the three running backs that they can add to that offense, I mean, anything that they can do to improve that team when they're already as scary as they are, I feel like is just going to make them even more of a, a Super Bowl contender. Um, so I I like the I like the pickup for them. I like getting rid of Zach Moss where they're not using him, getting some value out of that, and then they only have to give up a conditional fifth for for Hines. That's probably going to be a an impact player into the stretch. So pretty good move in my opinion for for Buffalo. Um, and then the Falcons also traded for Rashad Fenton from Kansas City for a seventh round pick. Uh, Fenton had basically fallen out of the rotation, the starting rotation at cornerback uh, with the emergence of uh, the the rookie cornerbacks. And then they also had Trent McDuffie come back healthy and he's probably going to factor in as a cornerback or a safety or maybe a little bit of both. So, I mean, essentially Kansas City's getting rid of a player that's not playing for them and Falcons are getting a player that has shown that he can contribute. So 
I think there's, you know, something to like for each team other than, you know, Kansas City only got a seventh, but maybe they could turn that into a, a backup cornerback to, to replace him that's a lot cheaper. So moving on, we've got Broncos. This was actually a, a pretty big trade for them. They got rid of Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth round pick to Miami for Chase Edmonds, a running back, and then a first-round pick this year and a 2024 fourth-round pick. I feel like this was Denver kind of, I don't want to say waving the flag, but they know they're not going to be in in the championship talk this season. Um, So I feel like they got some picks while they could that they are going to need that first-round pick, and Chubb wasn't probably going to stay around too much longer anyway. Uh, he did sign a massive extension with Miami yesterday. So what did you think I, I about did, this? I did see that. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe the Broncos are trying to gather some picks so they could maybe move up for another quarterback and and still have some later round picks. Yeah, maybe. You, I, think, I think they're going to try to get some offensive line help because that's what they need if they want Russell Wilson to even have a chance. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, just from their previous history, like it's all they, it's like all they think about is the quarterback. That's what it seems like yeah, to me. The next quarterback. Not, not being a fan, you know, I don't pay that much attention to them. Yeah. But they, they always seem to think the a, just one quarterback and nothing else will solve everything. Um, yep. Just a quarterback away. That's what they said last off season. So, <laughs> um, the only thing like, I I don't ahead. think they could go with a quarterback just because Russell Wilson has a one hundred and twenty million dollar cap hit if they were to release him, and that's obviously it'll go down each year. But okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I I missed that part. So yeah, that they're basically stuck with Russell for the next four years, at least. I mean, whether he's on the bench or on the team, they're not going to be able to take that cap hit and still feel the team. So, <laughs> Okay. All right. No, I, I take it back. So I'm they, guessing uh... <laughs> they're looking for a, a star <laughs> offensive lineman and where they traded away all their picks for Russell Wilson, this was them being able to recoup at least something and hopefully, well, hopefully for them, I guess, not hopefully for me, but hopefully shore up that offensive line to help help Russell Wilson because they have a good receiving core. Um, I would have liked it more if they had Noah Fant, but they threw him in the Russell Wilson trade as along with Shelby Harris and 42 picks. But they have the offensive weapons outside of the offensive line. They've got two good running backs in Melvin Gordon, and obviously they lost Javante Williams, but he should be back next year. Um, and the defense is good. It's not going to take a huge step back if you if you take Nick Chubb or Bradley Chubb off that team. So I think they're looking at it like we can take a hit on defense to improve our offense going forward. Um, and Chubb was going to probably well, you saw the extension. I think it's roughly yeah. twenty million a year. So that's yeah, a, that, a that nice would, chunk that of change. Cost them a lot. And yeah. hope you know. I, they're probably gambling for some undiscovered talent then. So Yep, yep. And they did make a trade for uh, Jacob Martin, a defensive end from the Jets, to kind of fill that void. 
Uh, they gave up a fourth round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. And then they got Jacob Martin, who had fallen out of the rotation on that very good Jets defensive line for a tw- and a 2024 fifth round pick. So it's basically a pick swap, plus they get Jacob Martin, uh, who basically was just a backup at this point for the Jets. So I think they're thinking, add him, get rid of Chubb, get those picks, and then shore up the team for, for next season. Because at this point, where they're at, they're not going to win too many games. So um, got a quick quick message here. Hi, Dad, from Anthony. So just wanted to <laughs> say that out there. Uh, hi, Anthony. Um, and then we have a couple more trades. You guys traded Jeff Wilson to Miami for a fifth-round pick. How did you feel about that trade? Um. Well, I mean, you know, they're expecting Mitchell to come back. Um, hopefully he does. If he doesn't, then that might not have been the best move. Um, but as a also kind of Miami fan, and, you know, McDaniel is the coach, yeah. and, like, they already have another 49ers running back. and Like, it was a good move for us, like, for, like, Miami and the 49ers, just because the 49ers – we we draft good running backs. They they always like our starter gets hurt, and then somebody we drafted, you know, fills the void seamlessly all the time. So hopefully that keeps going. <laughs> I I feel like Shanahan his his offense is built for running backs, so you don't need you know the best running back to succeed in that in that system. Uh, so I'm sure that's part of it, but also you guys have a good draft record with them. But yeah, I think this is a win-win for both teams. You guys get a fifth-round pick that you can probably turn into another running back in this upcoming offseason. Um, and then, yeah, Wilson was going to fall out of the rotation anyway with M- Mitchell coming back and obviously the trade for Christian McCaffrey. So he wanted a bigger role. The The Dolphins also traded Chase Edmonds, so um, they needed a, a backup running back or at least another another back back there so i like to pick for both teams this one was a a head scratcher for me and that's the the jaguars traded a conditional fifth and a 2024 conditional second round pick for calvin ridley who is suspended for this season what did you think of that move um also free free calvin ridley yeah that's a little weird because you know he doesn't do anything for the Jags this year. And I mean, like the Jags don't need anything this year either, but it, it, I don't know, kind of expensive still for somebody that's not playing this year. Like you're not doing a playoff push, but I mean, he's good. So as long as he can play next year, doesn't do any more gambling or anything, I guess. Then, Yeah. And that's the, the condition. Both of those picks are conditional. I think the conditional fifth for this upcoming year, it can go up to a third, if I remember right, if he gets reinstated, like right as the the season ends. Uh, So it's based off of both of those picks are based off of when he gets reactivated. But being able to pick up essentially a number one wide receiver for a, a, let's say a third, if if he does get reinstated right away and a second, that's not a bad deal. Um, obviously you, you still have to pay him, but I mean, he, he was the number one wide receiver on Atlanta's team, uh, after they traded away 
Julio. So, I mean, if you can get that kind of talent, obviously it's not going to help them this year, but they're already kind of fallen out of the, the playoff race. So I think they're looking at, hey, this can help us next year, and we'll, we'll be ready to compete next year, at least in their in, in their point of view. So I like the pick, but it, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know that I've ever seen maybe – Maybe there has been a pick for or a, a trade for a suspended player recently, but not that I can remember. Um, so that was just kind of a weird one for me. And then well, I mean, the kind of Watson, but <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's true. He's he is suspended, but I don't think he was suspended at the time, was he? They hadn't announced it. Um, I mean. It, I, don't think, well, I don't think it was announced, but yeah. it was it was known he wasn't yeah. going to start. Like yeah. there was no way he was going to start. Well, I guess we should say that they did say as soon as he's eligible to come off the suspension, he will start. So that game week thirteen against the Texans, he'll be you'll get to see Deshaun Watson force face his former team. So, um, but no, you're right. I mean, essentially, he was suspended. He just didn't know for how long when the Browns traded for him. So. Um, but, the I mean, Steelers. It, it's a weird pick for Atlanta, though, to do that. Like for next year, what? Like I don't understand who they think they're going to get. I don't to think, replace them. I mean, let's say it goes up to a three. There's plenty of wide receivers that you know can make an impact. They're not going to be Calvin Ridley level, but I mean, you've got the new coach Arthur Smith there. That I mean, maybe he doesn't see any point in having Ridley there because he hasn't got to interact with him where he's away from the team. I don't know. I mean, might just be that they're willing to move on from him because he hasn't been around the team. I don't know. But you're not going to get someone his level for, you know, uh, even if it moves up to a third. I mean, there there's always the chance you could get someone that late. Like Antonio Brown went, what, in the fifth round? I, I don't remember. That, it, it was but. definitely not super early because of his well he was played for central michigan for one but also uh he had some background issues and i think i think he went in the fifth round if i remember right so you you can get some guys like that that maybe carry a little baggage <laughs> that are talented i don't know but um we'll move on so okay. Steelers, <laughs> i wish i wish kyle was on for this because obviously they made a couple trades uh, they traded a 2025 conditional six to Washington for William Jackson the third, and a 2025 conditional seventh round. So a pick swap plus William Jackson the third, who they were rumored to be cutting if they didn't find any trade partners. So uh, the Steelers get a good man coverage cornerback uh, that was playing in his own system and really struggling. And then they also traded Chase Claypool to Chicago for a second-round pick. So I think the uh, Chicago trade probably made more sense for the Steelers. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you could pick up William Jackson without giving up draft pick, even if it was, you know, a 2025 conditional seventh, I don't know how much value that really has, but that was kind of a, a curious one. But I guess getting the making sure you get him if you really want him. That's not much of a price to pay. And then, yeah, Claypool, he, I don't know, he showed some flashes in his rookie season and hasn't really factored that much into games this season, although no wide receivers in Pittsburgh have because their offense is trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. like, I don't think Claypool's problems this year are because 
he doesn't try. I, I think it's probably the quarterback inconsistency that's hurting yeah. his numbers. Well, um, I, I don't know. That whole offense is a damn joke. I mean, yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to talk too much without Kyle here, but well, <laughs> it, he knows it. I mean, he's obviously excited for Kenny Pickett. He's, he said that and Kenny's shown some flashes, but he also has no help. I mean, Najee Harris has been, I think one of the worst running backs in the league this season. Offensive yeah, line hasn't there, been. There good. are some memes about like I think Daniel Jones having, having more yards yeah. than him and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, obviously that's that's not great. Um, and Kyle can see it, even if he is a fan, he can see that the offense <laughs> is bad. Um, so yeah, getting Claypool, getting a second round pick that they can maybe use to bolster that offensive line. They still have weapons outside. They've got Pickens. They've got Fryermuth. They've got. Uh, Deontay Johnson. So assuming they can fix that offensive line and, and get Matt Canada out of there as their, their offensive coordinator, I think they still have plenty of weapons to be a good offense next season, assuming Pickett makes a jump um, and all that. But getting a second-round pick for, you know, your third-best receiver on your team, that's that's a pretty good haul right there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that that they, there's a lot they can do with that for their their future so all right and then detroit made a curious trade in my opinion uh and that was sending tight end tj hawkinson which was i believe their top 10 pick two years ago they sent him a fourth round pick and a conditional fourth round pick from next year to minnesota for a second round pick and a 2024 third round pick so (laughs) Not only are you sending your your first round pick tight end, that's you know probably one of your better offensive players. You're sending two picks with him to a division rival, and only getting a second and a third round pick back. And the third round pick it doesn't come until 2024. So, what did you think about this this trade? Um, that's I don't yeah I don't know that. That was a little. I I saw that and I scratched my head for a little bit. Um, like for like it seems like the the compensation was backwards. Yeah, a little bit. Like Minnesota's, they're doing good. They're making a push, so I could see them wanting to add him. Um, I just, but like like you said, the the picks for Detroit don't really seem to help them in the future. I know they're not, you know, they're not doing good this year. So, you know, they're going to want some more picks to help for next year, but I don't, like you said, it doesn't seem like they got it. Yeah. I mean, I could understand, you know, if they threw in that 2024 conditional fourth round pick, but throwing in a fourth for this upcoming draft and that one plus the guy you drafted in the first round just a couple of seasons ago. It, it doesn't make much sense for me because I know Detroit has been one of the teams that has completely underperformed the uh, preseason expectations. I know a lot of people were saying, I think they were their over under for wins was like seven and a half in Vegas. 
So a lot of people were expecting them to take a big jump from where they were last season, and it really hasn't transpired up to this point. Obviously, there's still, you know, 10 weeks left or whatever, nine weeks left. Well, uh, so they they are still, I think, one of the highest scoring offenses. <laughs> yeah, but not the last two weeks. I think they've really fallen off the cliff the last couple of weeks, if I remember well, right. And I mean, they were they were scoring a lot. Like, my, they played Miami. I mean, they ended up losing, but... They, they were scoring pretty decently in that game. Yeah. I think they lost like 3-31 to 31 against Minnesota, didn't they? Um, I don't I swear they only scored three, like maybe not last week, but the week before. Um, But anyway, I mean, they've had their injuries. They've had all that stuff. I mean, young team, not closing out games. So they, their record probably should be better than what it is, but it is what it, it says it is on paper uh, and it's not good. So I'm sure that's, that was their motivation. And look, it's okay. tough to get guys to go ahead. John, you, you were right. Um, so, I mean, they had the Miami game before that they lost 24 to six versus the Cowboys yeah. and then 29 to zero versus the Patriots. Oh, it was Patriots that shut them out. Yep. That's right. Okay, so yeah, they had a, a come to come back to earth f- with their offense, um, but no, I I think it's some of it's probably they weren't confident they were going to be able to re-sign T.J. Hawkinson. It's tough for Detroit to get guys to really commit to staying there. Um, I'm not saying anything about the franchise, anything like that. I'm just saying in the past, it's it's been a really tough job for you know, being able to, to re-sign people. I mean, look, Megatron retired at the top of his career because he was <laughs> sick of it. Uh, Matt Stafford obviously tried it for, I think, nine seasons, eight seasons before he finally was like, you guys got to get me out of here. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like my Raiders. They've been, you know, the laughing stock of the league, but probably for even longer than my Raiders. So Last time they were in the playoffs was when Barry Sanders was playing and basically was the only offensive weapon they had. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's been rough sledding for the last 30 years or so for the, the Lions. So maybe that's part of the, the trade there. And then within that same division, we had Chicago. We already talked about they traded for Chase Claypool. They also sent Roquan Smith to Baltimore for linebacker A.J. Klein, a second and a fifth round pick. Uh, I think he was another one of those guys that was probably not going to re-sign with Chicago. So them getting a, a linebacker to replace him and then a second and a fifth round pick, that's a pretty good deal uh, for them, in my opinion. And then they also sent Robert Quinn to Philadelphia for a fourth round pick. And Robert Quinn, he had 19 sacks last season for the Chicago Bears and really played well. Um, hasn't been playing as well this season. So moving on from him in his contract year, sending him to Philly. I like the pick for Philly or I like the trade for Philly because they get that impact um, defensive end premium position for a fourth round pick. Obviously he's a veteran. He's getting up there in age, but he showed last year he can still do it. So if he helps them, you know, that could push them over the top for, you know, just being a good team in the NFC to being a, a Super Bowl favorite. Um, what did you think about those trades for Chicago and, and the gets from the other side? Well, I mean, like Chicago's record right now, I don't, I don't know if they think they're going to turn things around. Cause I mean, their division's kind of tough right now. 
I mean, it's really I'm, not though. Well, okay. I mean, the, the Minnesota Packers looks good. Are uh, I don't I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing, but it, I mean it's very uncharacteristic, and I think everybody's waiting for them to kind of wake up and yeah. be their normal selves. Because I'm I mean Rodgers has always kind of not had receivers. Yeah. A little worse this year, but. Well, you take um, away Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's a lot worse. <laughs> but, I mean, they 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 always seem to find ways to win. Their um, whole thing is driving me nuts because they have a decent defense. They have two of the best running backs in the league, and they don't use them. And then they're, you know, they signed, uh, what's the cornerback's name? Uh, his name's escaping me right now, but he's like Jair Alexander. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and for some reason they won't put him on number one receivers, Tamir. Like, they just put him on one side and leave him there. But I don't know. Go on. <laughs> um, I mean, Yeah, so they, they are, but, like, they're still three and five. Yep. I mean, both of them, Packers and Bears. Um. And, you know, you have, like, the NFC East, which totally surprised there. Yeah, insane. Even the Commanders are 500, you know. So, they're – I don't don't see Chicago even getting, like, a a wild card spot. Nope. So, I mean, them them pushing for right now seems a little weird. I think – I think the thing that they see is they saw some growth with uh, Justin Fields and he, I mean, he has no weapons outside of, you know, he's got that running back Montgomery and then Moody's shown some flashes, but outside of that, I mean, they don't really have any offensive weapons for him and where they see him starting to take a jump, they figure, well, let's get him a weapon Claypool and, and see what we can do to build for next year because now they know they don't need to draft a quarterback. Uh, so they don't need that high round pick. So if you can, if you can start to build some momentum, I think it makes sense to make a move now, even if you're, you know, at the bottom of the division, except for Detroit. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, all right. I, I can see that. Like they, they get Claypool now and then they have the rest of the season to build chemistry and maybe get a wild card spot or have a good head start on next year. The good start, yeah. I don't think they'll they'll compete for the wild card just because where their record is at right now. Um but yeah, I think building momentum for next season then you can maybe sign some free agents seeing some growth and and showing some promise where, you know, if you're a seller dweller, you're going to have to overpay for those free agents to get them there. I think there is some benefits to to showing progress in the season. Um, so there's that. Yeah. And then what yeah. did you think about the Quinn trade? Did you like it or no? Um, I, I haven't really been paying attention to Robert Quinn to see how he's been doing. Um, but I mean, like Philly adds anything, you know, they're pretty dangerous. Yeah. They're, they're, they're already doing really great. They don't really seem to have 
too many holes and I I want to say their injuries haven't been too bad either so nope um, they have one of the best offensive lines they got one of the best defensive lines they added AJ Brown Jalen Hurts is still a question mark for me just because I mean I've watched him at Oklahoma then he transferred to Alabama or no sorry vice versa he started at Alabama and then transferred to Oklahoma and like he's always looked good but he hasn't looked polished so I'm just waiting for the regression from him but when you give him AJ Brown I mean you you can pretty much throw the ball wherever on a football field and AJ Brown's going to come down with it I mean look how he looked made Tannehill look last year yeah well I mean and then what AJ Brown's game he just had last week and then you know got drug tested right afterwards super Kyle random drug test. talk about that game i'm not gonna <laughs> want to talk about that game but no yeah you're right i mean he's aj brown's a stud and i think like i said robert quinn has been off to a much slower start this year than last year but i think even adding that veteran presence like you've seen with von miller and buffalo i mean von miller's not he doesn't have his you know his a game right now but when they need that clutch third down sack to to get them off the field or that clutch third down stop tackle for loss in the backfield i mean it's almost always von von miller making that play for buffalo and i think that's not that quinn is to that level but i feel like he's that veteran presence that you look for to to make the big play when you need a big stop so yeah yeah it's like yeah, speaking about von miller it's like you know he's he's getting a little older and like you know he's like like you said he's pacing himself but when that moment comes he he definitely steps up and then he looks 5 years younger when he yeah. when he makes it's that move it's almost like he it's almost like he lulls the tackle to sleep by not giving I, I don't know if it's you know not giving it 100% or what he's doing maybe just saving something in the in his back pocket but when he needs that he's got it and and that's exciting to see for him for buffalo especially since they're my side team, since my Raiders suck and they have Josh <laughs> Allen. But um, just a couple other picks that maybe aren't as meaningful. Uh, New York Giants sent Kadarius Tony to Kansas City for a third and a sixth round pick. Uh, I think this is probably one of those win-wins for, for each team. Kadarius Tony essentially had pissed off Brian Dabble to the point where he didn't even want him on the team anymore. So... <laughs> They got rid of a headache, so to speak, and then Kansas City added a, another weapon because when this guy has been healthy, he's been electric for the Giants. So I hate the the move for for me because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need any more weapons, but they got him one. So it's like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to be torturing me for the next, you know, 10 years or so, maybe more. I don't know. Well, I mean, Andy Reid's a little up there. so Yeah. Maybe not. And he's a bigger yeah. fella. Maybe maybe he wants to take some time for his health. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean see how see how he does this year, you know. He's gonna kind of got like a little bit of that Tom Brady attitude where he never wants to retire, but Yeah. So I I like this trade for Kansas City and like I said, Giants get at least something back. They've been a, a huge surprise this season, as has that whole nfc east usually they're eight and nine and someone's getting into the playoffs but (laughs) this season it looks like they might get two or three in the in the playoffs so very interesting how that's shaping up 
And then Raiders, I already mentioned this last week. They sent uh, Jonathan Hankins, Big Hank, and a 2024 seventh-round pick to Dallas for a sixth-round pick this season. And then we'd already mentioned your your Carolina and San Francisco trade for Christian McCaffrey. But Carolina also sent Robbie Anderson to Arizona for a 2024 fifth-round pick and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Robbie Anderson had basically worn him his welcome out in Carolina. Tough to blame him. I mean, that season has obviously not been going well. Although, they might have something in P.J. Walker. That guy looked very good. Yeah, that's good. been interesting. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, uh, I mean, maybe all it took was them firing their coach and benching the second quarterback they traded for <laughs> to find their, their answer at quarterback and, and head coach. Steve Wilkes has been doing a good job, so... Um, Interesting to see how they finish this season in the NFC South. That's been another one of those divisions that's been very surprising. Everyone looks to be down other than the Falcons. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Tampa, Tampa's like the Packers. They need to find their. They need to wake up. Well, and that's the sad thing is, everyone wants to to write them off, but I don't think you can in that division. I mean, you might have. That might be the division where you have a, a losing record for the division winner. Uh, I mean, obviously, that was that was like the year before last with the NFC East. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's always one division that has everyone stacked up at the end and they all have losing records and or, <laughs> you know, maybe one team with above 500 just barely. And and that may be this division, because I don't feel like you can count out Tom even as bad as that offense has looked. And I think they're three and four right now. Three and five. Um, three, sure and five. three and five. They're yeah. three and five and second. And you know, Falcons are five hundred. Yeah, they're four so, and four at at five hundred. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I mean, Tampa no Bay one's wins. walking away to that. If, if Tampa beats the Rams, I think is their next game. Yep. And the Falcons lose, then half you the know. game separates them. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. And that's the thing, like, you can never count out Tom Brady, even though he looks 10 years older this year <laughs> than he has the past few years. Oh, you mean he looks his age? <laughs> yeah, he looks his age instead of 10 years younger. There you go. And he definitely looks his age. I mean, he looks rough this season, both yeah, he, physically he, he and looks on the field. Gaunt. Yeah, so. Well, sunken cheeks and everything, it's. I'm sure the I, divorce hasn't helped, but. And all that anyway. avocado tequila, I guess. Yeah, avocado tequila. <laughs> so we already talked about how you're feeling about your 49ers with, with the pick or with that trade for Christian McCaffrey. Are you are you thinking they finish this season at the top of the division? Um I I really think there's a good chance. Just because like the Rams struggles, I I'm kind of waiting for that Seattle bubble to burst. Um, I know, hope once it they doesn't, take... quite honestly. It's been yeah. very entertaining. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying they win the division, but maybe, maybe wild card. I, I want to see them do well because I still want to feel like they got the better end of the, the Russell Wilson trade. So that's me being yeah, I mean, a bitter Raiders fan. So we can, like, maybe once they figure out, once everybody figures out Geno Smith, figure out his weakness real quick and then because like i mean seattle doesn't seem to have like 
too much. So maybe they're underestimated, and now people will stop underestimating them and prepare for them. So I don't know, man. They they had the defensive rookie of the month and the offensive rookie of the month in the NFC in Kenneth Walker and what's his name? Tariq Woolen, I think. Tariq Woolen, that sounds right. Yeah, and that, then they... Seems right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his name. And then they have Kobe Bryant, the cornerback. I mean, they, they've got some really good talent on the defensive side that, that is really young. Kenneth Walker, I mean, I feel like... Penny getting hurt was almost a, a blessing in disguise because Kenneth Walker's been able to be exposed as the the number one running back, and he's been a, an absolute unit on on their offense. So I don't know. Yeah, I, he, I feel like as long as nowhere, so as long as Geno can play even decent, they'll be in in most of the games just because they have really good wide receivers. They've got the good running back and then they've got a decent defense that no one was expecting. I mean, I picked them to win, I think two games this season. If I remember right in our, uh, preseason picks. So they've definitely yeah, just, impressed me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely surprised. And just because it always seemed like whenever, you know, I, I pay the most attention when the 49ers are playing them. And it was always like, you know, Russell Wilson was beating us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with he like scramble and make a pass, and you know, there's a touchdown and we lose. So, I would, I was not like, I, I thought it was Wilson holding their team together, but <laughs> I guess not. Well, I just love the quotes that keep coming out. Like, uh, Tyler Lockett recently said, It's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets credit for the win. And, and, slide jabs like that at Russell Wilson because apparently he was very unliked in that locker room. I mean, you could just tell Pete Carroll every time he gets to the podium and someone asks him a question about Russell Wilson, it's just like he's beaming from ear to ear, just loving every second of it, seeing Russell struggle, and obviously they're at the top of the division right now. So yeah, I think you guys... I, I never realized how weird Wilson was either. Like oh, now God. we're seeing all this stuff coming out of Denver. He's insufferable, about... dude. And I don't think he was that way until he got with uh, Ciara. And then he was like, or Sierra, however you say that. I, I don't, I don't even know who she is, like... to be honest with you. But obviously she's like a singer or something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a movie star. Well, I don't know what she is. But I, I anyway. think she's, she's a singer. Yeah. Sure. Ever since he's been with her, it's like he thinks he's all that and it's i mean he doesn't hide his personality now and i don't know if that personality's been there from the get-go but i used to like russell wilson and i was openly you know i openly said now that he's a bronco i can't pull for him but i do like him and now you know the more that we see of him i'm just like got it is this the same guy is this the same guy that was in seattle and i don't know yeah that, that's bad. that's where i'm scratching my head too is like i mean obviously he he beat us with the Broncos in that very terrible game. But I was like, how, how did he win so many games? That's the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he was always propped up by the, you know, the Legion of boom and all that, but. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's how everybody talks about Jimmy right now. It's like, uh, we like our defense, like we win. In spite of Jimmy, that's how all the haters 
say, you know. I mean, that's pretty much, I, I don't, I'm not going to say Jimmy's not a good quarter. Well, I am going to say he's not a great quarterback. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he can, he can keep you in games kind of like, kind of similar to Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr's the best quarterback. Um, and I kind of put them in that same category where you can win with them, uh, but they're probably not going to be the sole reason you win games where you see like Lamar Jackson quarterbacks yeah. like that, you know, he's more Josh of a Allen. <laughs> yeah, that, that they're not going to win you the games, but they'll keep you in them. So, yeah. Cause I mean, without uh, him though, like the backups we had, uh, like Nick Mullins and CJ yep. better, like, well, geez, we were terrible Nick with Mullins them. beat the hell out of us. I think he went like for five <laughs> touchdowns or something in that one start he had. Yeah, I but, really I mean, think he threw for five touchdowns against I mean, us, and it was his nick, my nickname for him was still Pick Mullins, despite yeah, pick that Mullins. one game. Hey, we but, flipped him for a sixth round pick or something this off season, so not bad. Yeah, so backing up Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, if I remember right. Yeah, it, and I I, I want to say Bethard, he was with the Jags. I don't know if he still is, but. Doesn't matter. They got sunshine out there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh okay. So you're feeling probably Niners at the top, and then how do you think the rest of the division shakes out? Um I I could see Seattle being second for sure. I like because we have this our bye week is in a really good spot this year, especially with the injuries. Um we can, you know, come out strong and like we play Chargers next. Um, and they're failing. Like yeah, they're I mean, they're not meeting anywhere close to expectations anybody had for them. They've got the Chargers. Well, I mean, if you look at their injury hit their injury chart, I, Allen, I Mike Williams, <laughs> their tight end. Okay, uh, you're right. I yeah. I do have a few of them on my fantasy <laughs> team and they're always out. Yep. So So you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. essentially, their whole their starting cornerbacks out that they just gave a huge contract to, like they're missing a ton of talent on that team, and that's unfortunately for them. They seem to be cursed with injuries, but every season, that's why I'm always like, you you can't pick the Chargers because <laughs> even if they're talented, they're going to lose half their starting lineup, and they're going to end up with near a near 500 record. That's just how it works every year. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's a good game for us yeah. to come back against, like after bye week and getting our getting a lot of our starting defense back. So, yep, I think you guys will win that game handily. I mean, I have a hard time even picking the the Chargers right now because of how many injuries they have. Like you said, both their best wide receivers are out; their starting tight ends out. Like they're going to have a hard time staying in games honestly i mean even if you have justin herbert if you don't have anyone for him to throw to and eckler's been banged up too so yeah i think you guys should handle business coming out of that bye week um and then i have the rams still at second just because i don't know why i mean i keep picking the rams against you guys and <laughs> they've never beat them i think they beat them once and that was in the playoffs last year yeah i mean they, they beat us when it mattered but, like, you know, we got their number in the regular season, so. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, last year I felt like they had the way better team, and even though you guys had a bunch of injuries, they still beat you. Or you still beat them, I mean. 
in the in the regular season. And I don't know. I mean, McVeigh seems to be cursed against <laughs> Shanahan, and I don't understand it. But uh, I, I mean, keep that could be him. it too, with because like you know, we got the Packers number in the playoffs. Yep. And uh, Matt LaFleur and, you know, they got, all got the Shanahan connection. Yep. So. Yeah, I don't know all, what it is. They're all copies. So <laughs> I've got Niners, Rams, Seattle, and Arizona. And it kind of surprises me that I have Seattle, you know, seeing as I picked them to win two games this season. But I think that's how it'll probably shake out. Well, okay. But the Cardinals do have Hopkins back. So. Yeah. And they we'll, traded We'll see for, how that plays in. Who did they trade for that I just said? Uh, oh, Robbie Anderson. Yeah. So he has well, to the mix, but I mean, the new Call of Duty's out, man. They're cursed <laughs> for at least the next couple weeks as it until the novelty of the newness runs runs off. So. Yeah, I mean, somebody made somebody did some studies about how his stats always drop on double experience. I was going to say, I'm sure there will be a couple. <laughs> two times experience coming up as well. So, but I mean, some of those at least stats, four wins or so or four losses or so right there. But I mean, I was, I was kind of looking at everybody's schedule and it doesn't seem that hard for any of us in the yeah. second half, other than a bunch of, you know, division games, but yeah, it's really going to be who wins those division games to see how it shakes out. And like you said, I'm hopeful for Seattle, but I still feel like the Rams will eventually, I think they just have too much talent uh, to not turn it around, but I could be wrong. I mean, maybe Matt Stafford's really, that elbow's really messed up and he ends up having to go on the IR. I don't know. So I could see, really, I could see anyone in this division. I, th I think you guys are probably the favorite, but I could see anyone else finishing second. And yeah, it, just it, it really is a toss up there. right now. So, all right, now we'll get on to uh, my not-so-joyous news, and that is talking about my Raiders. Uh, they're coming off a 24 to nothing loss in New Orleans. They put up zero points against the 29th-ranked defense in the NFL. So, uh, And up to that point, they were ranked the third-best scoring offense in the league. So this was one of those games that, I mean, I you think guys... you can almost – I did. I did see you guys had like the, like second or third best red zone offense. Yeah, we were we were the third best offense, scoring, red zone, all that stuff up until last week, and with the performance they put up, I think we only had a, let's see, we didn't cross the fifty yard line until about two minutes left in the game. Um, lots of punts, lots of. I mean, we had turnovers. We had just. Oh, it was awful. I mean, turnovers on downs. We had a uh, fake punt we went for that lost like six yards. It it was a very poor offensive showing. And the defense obviously didn't do any favors, but if you look at what our defense has given up this season, it was a right about the average for them, and that's about 24 points. But our offense, obviously, third best scoring offense in the league. I think we were scoring like 29 points a game and, and to score zero against that defense and look the defense had a great plan against us i feel like dennis allen probably was super hyped for this game because he got fired by the raiders back in i think it was 2014 2013 something like that um and didn't end up getting paid because uh 
they fired him for cause and yeah so i think he's still probably in legal battles trying to get paid by the davis family um but anyway so he had a great scheme drawn up against us i think like you said he was probably super motivated even though they were a, a two and five team coming into this game we were favored even though it was at home in in new orleans um and yeah i mean he just didn't show up it was i've seen quite a quite a few bad football games played by the raiders i mean i've been alive for 34 years and i think they've had i don't know maybe six seven winning seasons since i've been alive so <laughs> i've seen some bad football and and this this one was definitely on the list of worst performances by them so i don't know i i almost feel like this is one of those games where you just burn the film go to next week and you know pretend it even happened but I mean, Devontae Adams had one catch for, I think, four yards, and it didn't come until four minutes left in the game. Uh, and I believe Jarrett Stidham was already in at quarterback, and as soon as he caught that pass, he checked out of the game. Uh, Renfro, I think he had one catch for six yards as well. So, I mean, it, and Waller was a surprise scratch right before the game. So we really haven't seen those three offensive weapons on the field at the same time, and we fell behind so early they couldn't let Josh Jacobs run, even though he has had, I don't know, 400 yards almost in the last three games. Yeah, he he's had a good season, even though yeah. you were doubting him when I was trying to pick uh, him. Well, I don't <laughs> know, man. I Everything that I was reading, you know, especially with Josh McDaniel's history, he's yeah. never used one running back as the bell cow, so to speak. He's always split carries and, you know, the most the, – the one that gets the most touches gets like 14. So even all the beat writers for the Raiders were surprised that Josh Jacobs was getting the ball as much as he has been. Uh, and I think some of that's, you know, his injury history. He's gets banged up quite a bit. I mean, he stays in the games, but I mean, he's played with a separated shoulder and all kinds of stuff and then ends up missing a couple games due to it. So um, yeah, he's surprised me and it sucks because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And now, if if we do decide to resign him, we're going to be going up against you know thirty other teams that want him on their team. So I don't know. I I feel like so they're playing Jacksonville this upcoming week, and obviously Jacksonville's had not a great season either. We've already talked about that. Two and six didn't do anything to help themselves this season, but they did make the trade for Calvin Ridley. So I feel like they at the beginning of the season had surprised some people, especially with the offensive output, and it seems like. Uh, ETN is their answer at running back. They traded Robinson, which I guess we didn't mention that one, but um, they traded James Robinson off the team. So ETN's the the true number one back now. He went for 156 rushing yards last week. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so he did quite well for me. <laughs> and I will be starting him against my Raiders since they can't play defense. But um, yeah, I think the Raiders are favored in this. Again, it's a, a road game. They won't have the excuse that they had to fly across the country in this one because they ended up staying on the East Coast. In fact, they're staying in Sarasota, Florida, which is nearby Jacksonville. So, um, uh, Sarasota? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Sarasota is by Tampa, but. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot closer I mean, it's than Las like Vegas. Four or five <laughs> hours, but. It's a lot closer than Vegas. How's that? Yeah, okay. It's a little south of Tampa. So Okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was close to Tampa, but I thought Tampa and Jacksonville were closer than five hours. 
No, because like Tampa's in the middle, and then Jacksonville's right there on the border with Georgia. Okay. It, it, it takes like I think it's like a four-hour drive, and then it's like from Tampa to Miami. It's also like a four-hour drive. Interesting. Well, as you can tell, I've never been to Florida. I know you have. <laughs> a couple but, times. <laughs> uh, so they won't have the excuse of, you know, flying yeah. from coast to coast, essentially, or, you know, being two hours, three hours ahead of their normal schedule. Um, so that excuse is gone. If this team does not show up to this game, I mean, they're already on the verge of being wiped out for, for the rest of this season. I think they can afford to lose maybe three games. Uh, if you think the last wild card is going to be a nine and eight record, because, uh, you know, if they lose two games, best they can finish is 10 and seven, three games, nine and eight. So uh, I don't want to say that I'm counting on them to turn this season around and, and make a playoff run, but their schedule is not very difficult going forward outside of the, they have to play the chiefs one more time. They have to play the chargers one more time. So I don't know. And the surprising Seahawks. So Yeah. I mean, let's just say the teams are bunched up like they haven't been in any seasons that I can remember. So I feel like the degree of difficulty is not as high as it once was, uh, at least at least this season. So I feel like they, they could make a playoff push, just nothing I've seen on film up to this point in the season suggests that they can do that. So I don't want to say they have to win this game, but if they don't, I mean, I think you could pretty much say, let's see what we can do next year. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, was, do... I just looked. So the last game of the year is the chiefs. So yeah, that's pretty that... much a loss unless, you know, if the chiefs already have the division locked up and bills already have the number one seed locked up, maybe they don't have anything to play for. And, but even then, that's why they schedule those division rival games that late in the season is because you feel like you still get the best punch from, from your division rival, even if it's a meaningless game for them. Yeah. Like I, I think we play like the Cardinals last or something. And like late, like the year before that, it was like Seahawks, like week 15 and then like we skipped a week and then we played the Seahawks again. Yep. So it, it seems like, and it always seems like in the NFC West, the game that ends the season is always the one that decides who wins that, that conference or that division. So it's weird how that always w works out. But I remember that season. Was it the, I think the Seahawks beat you guys. No, they beat the Rams and they made the playoffs at eight and nine or something like that. Um, Or I guess it would have been eight, seven and eight back then. Seven and nine, because it was only sixteen game season. That was a couple of years ago. I think yeah, Marshawn was know. still on the Seahawks, but anyway. All right. Anything else you wanted to bring up before we we cut it? Um. No, no. I mean, you know, hockey and basketball. It's all early in the season. Yeah. Can't make any predictions yet. Well, my. Uh, Sharks, I think they've won two games so far, and I think they've played about eight and um, maybe. I, I think 10, 10 or 11 like 10. games, I think, Jeez, for most games. For most teams, it, it's 10 to 12. Okay. Well, and as you could tell, I don't get to watch them very often. I think I've seen two games so far this year, and they lost one uh, that I got to see. 
They're um Sharks have played 13 games and they've won three, lost okay. eight. Mm-hmm. Lost a few. So but my, my Warriors are, you know, on the other side of things where they're expected to maybe defend their championship in in the finals. And they are currently on a four-game losing streak and trying to avoid a their first five-game losing streak since Steph's uh, rookie season in back in two, 2010. So I haven't checked to see how they're doing this evening because we're recording right now, but hopefully some good news coming from there. Um, oh, it looks like they're in the fourth quarter right now losing by five. So they um, are not... Oh. I, I see 101 to 104. Yeah, I've got 101, 106. So you must be oh, a couple okay. seconds behind. But oh, I, they, I see it now. Yeah, they didn't start Steph. They didn't, or excuse me, they are not playing Steph, Wiggins, Green, and Thompson, I think, tonight. So a lot of the players on the team right now are getting some playing time they wouldn't normally see. But no excuses. You got to win those games just like you got to win the others, even if you don't have your starters in. So, but you know, it's, it's so early in the season. Yeah. You know, no, I'm not, not panicked even, at all. I, yeah. It, 10 games in like, that's nothing so, with the, not even champ- 10 games. Yeah. Championship pedigree. I mean, all you need is a, a ticket to the dance and, and you feel like you have a puncher's chance. So I don't think they're going to be, you know, the number one seed going into the playoffs this season because they're trying to work out both the now and the future. They're trying to get the, the rookie guys more involved in the in the rotations, whether that's in the bench or, or getting some mix with the starting lineup in preparation, like I said, for a, a chance to defend their playoff or their championship from last year. But also realizing that Draymond Green's probably not going to be part of the team next year, and they're probably going to have to make some difficult decisions on uh, some of the key contributors so, you know, trying to figure out if Kaminga is going to be Kaminga and Moody are going to be part of the long-term solution. Wiseman, if they, you know, if they move on from him or if they think he's going to be a, a an answer going forward as well. So I'm not worried at all about this season. I mean, if they get halfway through the season and still have a losing record, then we'll talk. But I, <laughs> I feel like, you know, even as a, as long as they can get that, uh, playoff seed I think it's top six don't have to play in the play on play in tournament as long as they're top six I wouldn't be worried about their their playoff standings going forward so we'll talk yeah. more as as we get closer to the the playoffs and obviously as baseball's done and and hockey's more in this the swing of things we'll talk about them more but anything else uh no no, I, I think that's it. All right. Well, I do want to thank you for coming on in, in Kyle's absence, and I'm sure we'll have you on again when he's back with us. But he is back to work full-time. He's got his newborn kid uh, doing the, the shift, swing shifts and all that fun stuff. So he'll be probably on next week, but I can't guarantee that because I don't know his schedule yet. But, again, thank you, Raph, for, for coming on. And as always, yeah, no, thank you, viewers. My pleasure. <laughs> Well, I'd love to have someone to talk to instead of just people listening to me babble for 45 minutes. So um, (laughs) any viewers that tuned in from Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, I think I said 
Twitch already. So thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.